Hello, Mixed Nut Cases. This is Nuke Joss. We watched Bullet Train and realized this is not your normal action comedy. So we decided to talk about it. So we're going to give you a bit of an extended dinner and a movie for Bullet Train with me. This time I've got... Hi, I'm Tech. And I've got our good friends from Virginia. Hi, it's Jason, that, that guy you know from Stuff and Things. From Stuff and Things. And we also have our good friend out west. Sonorous Vox, the voice of absolutely nothing anymore. Just this show. Excellent. So uh, we all saw Bullet Train. Now, Jason, you watched Bullet Train in the theaters? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Bullet Train was a delightful theater watch for me. I was I was super surprised. Like, Because I'm not usually amped up for a Brad Pitt movie like that. Mm. Uh, Tech and I, we watched it on Amazon Prime because it is available on Amazon Prime in Canada. And Vox, you watched it on the plane? Yes, I watched it on a plane. The uh, Probably the second most inappropriate movie that was being watched on that plane at the time. It's not inappropriate at all. Yeah, I don't think about? it was inappropriate. I, I uh, Some people might consider gore inappropriate for a plane. Some people need to not look at your screen. This is true. Now, was it was it on your device or was it in the in the back of the? Oh no, it's back of the chair. Back of the chair thing. Nice, nice. nice. <laughs> oh, I mean, I it's not just... Game of Thrones episodes. I can just yeah. see some old ladies sitting next to you. Well, what are you looking at? <laughs> we get so, to the part with the wolf. Tech, do do we get a uh, a textile summary? Textile summary? What like cotton, linens, tech, space, <laughs> ah. style? Gotcha. Um. Huh. Hmm. This is like imagine imagine that that dorky comedy rat race, but they're all trying to kill each other even more so than they were in rat race, and it all takes place on a train. Okay, go. I think that works. I think that works. Now we are going to get into spoilers here, and if you haven't seen this movie, you need to stop the episode and you need to go watch it. It is available on streaming in Canada. It's on Amazon Prime. I don't know what it's on. It's on Netflix. There. It's on Netflix here. It's in the evil Netflix in in the U.S. And so the 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 serious uh, for the people that aren't watching, haven't watched the movie, and aren't gonna watch the movie, and are gonna power through the rest of this episode, anyways. The serious uh, plot synopsis is that um, a uh, Brad Pitt gets hired to take a briefcase off a train, only to find that everybody else that's on the train wants the briefcase too, yeah. or just plain kill each other, and it is now a. Uh, it's set in Japan on a bullet train. Five assassins all on the bullet train. All on the bullet train, all trying to kill each other to get this briefcase back. Hilarity ensues. This was, well, I'll go right into my, my opening thoughts. This was the best heist movie I've seen since Snatch. Mm. Ooh, yeah. That's high, that's high and well-deserved praise. Very yeah. high praise, very high indeed. Praise. Also, guys, remember, Thomas the Tank Engine can teach you how to read anybody, guys. Yes. 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 So, yeah. Does anybody else want to give their first impressions and then move we'll move on? Maybe talk about the cast and then talk about the plot. And I did. This was being advertised so hard that I thought there's no way this movie can deliver. And then Jason went all nuts over, it and I was like, "Yeah, it's going to be garbage." So, <laughs> didn't know knowing how Jason gets with movies, yeah. So, uh, but we we I said, "Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. We'll give it a shot. We'll give it a watch." And I was blown away. I love this. And this is a, this, I'm going to say this is a new genre of action now. We, this, this action comedy telling a good story, um, sort of it's, a thing. Mm -hmm. 
It's not kung fu hustle action comedy. It's more like um like the Guy Ritchie movies from 20 years ago? Yeah, the Guy yep. Ritchie movies from 20 years ago. <laughs> Gunpowder Milkshake, John Wick, that sort of thing. Y'all spoke the man's name. Y'all need to see The Gentleman with Matthew McConaughey. Guy Ritchie's last movie. Well, his last one of his last two movies cuz he did one with uh with our our favorite transporter uh Jason Statham. Uh, Jason Statham. And then he did uh That was Revolver. The, yeah, then he did The Gentleman. I stopped mm-hmm. watching his movies when he put his wife in one. <laughs> you mean hey. when he just made a movie with him and his wife in it? Cause that yeah, was it. and I just, <laughs> I am uninterested in this, and then I unplugged. Hey, look, uh, like, he says he wants to be like Rob Zombie, guys. He can put his wife in anything. Doesn't mean they're good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so, there is a world of difference between Shirley Moon and Madonna. <laughs> You know, one I, of those two I want to see in movies. <laughs> Guess which one? There's, uh, as a fan of Desperately Seeking Susan. Um, yeah, one of those two. One of those two. I would. I don't mind as occasionally the opening title credit singer for a Bond movie. Yeah, <laughs> but that's about all I want. To that, <laughs> that being said, while we're on the topic of uh, of Rob Zombie, my God, wouldn't Bullet Train have been better with Captain Spaulding as one of the assassins? No. <laughs> Bad Bunny was enough. I mean, come on. Oh, come on. Yeah. I listen, guys. His introduction into this movie was excellent. Because, but, but, Bad Bunny? Well, that's that's plot. That's plot. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to have like a watershed of spoilers after this. So, uh, uh, Vox, what are your initial impressions? So, um, you described it, you described the, the movies that were very much like this very well, like the, the nobodies, the John Wicks, things like that. I see these movies as, because they're a little bit more stylized than your typical action movie of the, of the era's previous. They are almost like, they're almost like Kurosawa films for yes. our gener, for this generation. They are, they are epics. They are samurai epics where the samurai are being replaced by Someone with a gun, right? And that's, it's very much what I think Quentin Tarantino would have loved to have made all along, but his stylistics just didn't deliver it. No, and, and there's, it all depends on what you exaggerate, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. the, the, the plot of this movie is a ridiculous exaggeration of, you know, six assassins on a bullet train killing everything in their path, trying to kill each other, you know, fight mm-hmm. scenes on top of a train. Okay. And then, okay, you know, the, just the snake. You know, now we got snakes on a train. Um, yeah. So it's ridiculous on its face, yeah. but the movie is grounded mm-hmm. in reality in that the fight choreography, the the gunplay, the weapon use, uh, all of that is as believable as they could make it in yeah. an action movie. And and that's very much a hallmark of these things. Like right. John John Wick is immune to cars and falling damage, but everything else is very well grounded. Yeah. Right. In this case, Brad Pitt's character, he's he gets through a lot of things. A lot of people survive things they shouldn't, but it's those those very comedic moments they shouldn't have survived, not the actual fights, right? Yeah. Like a fight scene is real. The weirdness is in the moments around the fight scene. That adds to that epic feel. And yeah. even seeing it on a plane with a tiny little screen and a lot of distractions around, it kept my attention enough that I enjoyed every bit of it. Oh, yeah. Jason, initial thoughts. For me, like, it's like, you know, when we mentioned Guy Ritchie earlier, like when I went into Bullet Train, I was like, I need this to give me lock, stock and two smoking barrels, but 
with that Japanese neon pop feel to it. Yeah. And that's exactly what it gave me. Like, and these aren't, there aren't super big, you know, action scenes in this movie because it's basically a one set movie. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. other than having the random, like, uh, 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 b- little water bar scene and like that type of stuff. Like this is just people sitting down for the most part, like, and terrible things happen to them, such as getting sucked out of a train. So it's just, honestly, it's just so bonkers in such a good way. And it's not over the top ridiculous, like how like a zombie land or like a cabin in the woods is that you can still stay with it. Like, and I really would love to see after seeing this, how you guys feel about the gentleman. Like, cause it's, I think the gentleman is like a lesser version of this comedy wise, but up better for the comp, for the action because Guy Ritchie did it. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed Bullet Train, hands down. I heard he's getting sued for gentleman as well. Oh. Uh, apparently there's a thing, uh, I just saw a quick headline. Apparently there's a thing with Guy Ritchie and, uh, uh, how the credits were portioned out and, uh, monies therein for the, the work that was done. So big lawsuits apparently. Hmm. That's a, that's an interesting one. Cause I know, right? Yeah. Especially if it's over the credits, that'd be interesting. So, so it's over the, it's over the writing credit yeah. and who ah, got writing credit. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm. So, um, we're now going to spoil this movie. So if you want to watch this movie, Stop and go watch the movie. Warning. Spoilers Warning. ahead. Yeah. Spoilers. Don't get mad at us for spoiling this movie. Mm. But I know many of you are going to be like me and go, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to listen anyway. Next uh, next stop, spoilers. Next stop, spoilers. <laughs> so first um, little thing, Bullet Train was a novel. Yep, mm-hmm. uh, which has led to a lot of controversy. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of very angry people that are yelling. Ah. <laughs> because it's a Japanese novel with all, with an all Japanese cast set on a Japanese train. The movie comes out and there's like white and black people and now they're like, oh, Hollywood whitewashing again. And I don't think so. I think they've done a multinational cast, but it's still set in Japan. There's still a lot of Japanese. You know, the, the, the plot points are the same. It's not like when they wanted to cast Deco in Akira and yeah. move it from Tokyo to New York and make it the story of Teddy and Kenny, the bikers in Manhattan. See, mm-hmm. that is blatant whitewashing. Yeah. This is... You know, they're going to change some of the casting? Fine. To put a bigger draw on it? Sure. They're going to change some of the names? Okay, but it's still, I think, to me, anyways... A lot of the major set pieces are still there. So I'm not, I, I don't think it's that and, whitewashy. And I think the Japanese culture is kept with the Japanese characters. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not like it's white people trying to be Japanese characters. Yeah. Cause even, even the one, the one person you could argue is, is a bit whitewashed isn't because he's playing a Russian who runs a Yakuza group organization by right. taking over by force of personality and strength. And right? yeah. so. And, and, and it, the translation of the original, uh, book is Maria Beetle. And also, hmm. Hiroyuki Sonata wouldn't be in a blatant whitewashed movie. Like, he's yeah. Hiroyuki Sonata, guys. <laughs> like, calm down, guys. Like, Hiroyuki Sonata's excellent in this movie and anything he touches is classy. Like, I mean, the cast is, the cast is fantastic. And, uh, you mentioned, uh, Maria Beetle. I didn't even catch it because probably tiny screen and then a little bit of a distraction, but that's Sandra Bullock. Yes. I did not catch that. Well, it's such a big cameo there because we watched it on Amazon and Amazon Mm -hmm. has the x-ray. And I said, Mm -hmm. is that Sandra Bullock? So tech hits the up button. And 
and we don't they didn't list her in yeah, any of all her of scenes. the all of the little cameos like mm-hmm. the Sandra Bullock the Channing Tatum the yeah. Ryan Reynolds and a couple others Amazon did not put in the x-ray so you don't see the cameos yeah. Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's Carter. He's yeah, he's the one that, oh, that he's yes. the one that Brad Pitt yeah. took the cake, the job for. Mm, yeah, okay. Because he wasn't feeling good or something. Yeah. Because yeah. I think he knew what was gonna happen on this train. Well, apparently that was a apparently that was like a like a tit for tat mm-hmm. that he cameoed in this because Brad Pitt was in Deadpool 2. Yeah. Ah. Nice. Okay. That those are the Hollywood things that I really enjoy about a movie where somebody oh, yeah. will call up their homie and be like, Hey man, I was in Thor the Dark World. You want to come be in this this thing I'm doing? There's all kinds of little things that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Like the the gangster talking on that weird black and gold Motorola or that Samsung cell phone that he's got. Mm-hmm. That's the phone from Mr. Bank at the end of Ocean's 13. That's the, the phone that no one else could get that, that, um, that woman that was working for him that was like getting seduced by, um, Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the, the she, nose, the nose play. The nose play is right. The Brody. And then she gets him this weird sort of like gold cell phone with a big honking diamond in it. That phone is in this movie. Wait, <laughs> wait a second. Does that mean that? The the Wickverse also has the Oceans movies in it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Because that, because while all of this stuff is going on with like international assassins around the world, meanwhile there's somebody knocking over casinos in Vegas, and his name is Danny Ocean. Absolutely, all connected. So wait, so, so Rusty retired, and Moonlights is a courier. Wait, <laughs> apparently, wait, hotels, guys, man. If it, if yeah. you want to solidify this idea that John Wick and Bullet Train are in the same universe. They have a character in common. No, Hiroyuki Sonata is in John Wick Four. No, well, uh, but not the same character though. Uh, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil that movie. But the no. director, the director of this movie, mm-hmm. uh, David Letch. David Letch also directed Deadpool Two, mm-hmm. uh, the short Deadpool No Good Deed, uh, the Celine Dion Ashes video from Deadpool, Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Man, and has man. an uncredited, he's uncredited as a director for John Wick, but he's somehow involved in John Wick as well, the first movie. Oh, and he was Brad Pitt's stunt double in Fight Club. Okay. So he went from, he went from a, a stuntman to a director. Hey, so that's, he's worked on that's as Pitt's stunt double in multiple films, including Fight Club, Ocean's Eleven, Troy, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and um, Pitt made the cameo in Deadpool 2. So, you, Jason, you say that you say that the incred you know, the incredulity in your voice of he went from a stuntman to a director. Uh, Chad uh, Stahelski, the director of the John Wick movies, was a stuntman prior to that. He was a stuntman and a stunt coordinator. That's why, and this is the thing: is I'm loving this trend because stunt people have a great sensibility of what makes a good action scene. Not just yeah. the, not just the nuances of fighting, but the overall action. They understand is, the rule of cool. Yes. And they understand Absolutely. every little aspects of it that most directors don't know. So if they have any talent whatsoever, bring them up and step them up to the whole, uh, to the big shebang. They have this understanding of what looks good and what can be done. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I want you to fall 48 stories through all these plate glass and land on a cactus. 
yeah, but you won't be able to see the cactus through all the broken glass. That's dumb. Mm-hmm. And then you've got some like visionary. No, it must be a real cactus so he can feel your inner pain. Is it? No, no, CGI the cactus in. Who can You know, a, the, the, yeah. there's there's a, there's a practicality. A, a guy who gets thrown off buildings for a living is is I I, I say would be rather practical when it comes to you know set design mm-hmm. and thing. Like one of the things I, I'm just reading here that you know they built three actual train cars to film the movie in, and then they hung LED TVs on the outside of the windows that just had rolling footage of the Japanese countryside whizzing down the TVs. So smart way to, smart way to do it. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. need to be fancier than that. Um, it, it, you know, it's it's remarkable because nowadays in Hollywood, we haven't been seeing a lot of new directors, right? Like, I'm probably, I think the biggest newish director would probably be the guy who did like Hereditary. You've got Jordan Peele. You've got Guillermo del Toro. And that's kind of it. The rest of it is a lot of these elderly statesmen from Hollywood long past resurrecting things that we've seen a billion and a half times. I mean, even Cronenberg's son is basically leaning into the body horror side of things with his career. And you're like, your daddy did it. Do something different. And then you get things like this. And you're like, ah. Yep. And like, um, this is this is very much a movie too that um, it it becomes more evident in the in the the as you go on in the John Wick franchise these movies aren't just about the action they're about the characters the inter the 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 friendships between them that are put to put to test the past past antagonism that is either put aside or re sparked it's about a world full of characters. Um, Look back to the, the, the earliest one of these movies that I can think of. The, the, the granddaddy of them would be Smoke and Aces, where it's just a whole bunch of assassins want to kill one person. Let's now pair these assassins off with each other and show how they interact with each other. Um, and just, we watched that the night after we watched Bullet Train. Mm-hmm. Kind of a weird double feature. Yeah. Uh, Smoke and Aces was good, but man, Bullet Train's a lot Bullet better. Well, so it's, better. it's the, that's the thing. The art has been refined so much these days, right? That, that, yeah. And I just kept, I just kept thinking as we were watching the, um, what were the, what was the, the psycho, the, the tremors? Yeah. 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 With they reminded dirt. me w- way too much of the rowdy three. <laughs> the, yeah. The, you know, the, the rowdy three from, um, Dirk Gently. Yeah. I oh, agree with that. I think, yeah. I think Dirk Gently came after though, but they are definitely. Well, the, well, the book was. Well, the book. Okay. Ages. You're right. Yeah. We, we, we were talking about cameos and I completely forgot there was a hero sighting on this movie. He decided that saving the cheerleader to save the world was not appropriate. Yes, hero, uh, the, uh, Masioka. I noticed him as the conductor. I was so, there are so many cameos here, not mm-hmm. just like in people, you know, having Channing Tatum show up. Is this a sex thing? <laughs> um <laughs> to, to to Brad Pitt not even uttering a sing- not Brad Pitt Ryan Reynolds not even uttering a word so mm-hmm. the um the girl uh handing out the concessions remember there's that fight yeah. scene in the in the concession car yep. it's like can i get like a sparkling water oh thanks and then he makes the other guy pay for it and then she leaves yeah that's Karen Fukuhara that's um that's Katana from Suicide Squad oh nice <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Domino from uh, Deadpool 2 is also in this movie. Um, and uh, uh, Well, tang- the- Tangerine the Assassin is yeah. kick-ass. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And and um, Brad Pitt's wine is in the, in the bar car. Oh, is it? Nice. It, course, yeah. You can see it right there, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
uh, plus the phone and all of these little things talking about, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine and doing our <laughs> Ringo Starr impersonation. And yeah. Oh, back to something you were, you were saying a little while ago there, Vox. Mm. Um, about, you know, it's about the characters that, that, you know, these movies make you care about. Like right now, um, right now, if I told you that there was a lemon tangerine prequel movie coming, I'd watch that. I'd watch <gasps> that completely. So in. I know. Yep. I, I make it. Somebody yes. please make me please. a lemon tangerine movie because those guys, I think, were like one of the best parts of this movie. Okay. I'm, tell- I'm telling they were you. They the heroes of the movie. I'm yeah. telling you, glasses. He's not a guy, okay? There's a Dazo on this train, all right? There's a Dazo. There's a If you say another thing about Thomas the Tank Engine, <laughs> I believe them as a, I believe them as adopted brothers, especially in the scene where he keeps going on about Thomas the Tank Engine and Tangerine's like, bro, I've had it. With this, I love, with this I love train. that they're called the twins, and it's like, yeah, but has anyone ever seen him? Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. Um, I, we also I, had Bad Bunny. We had Zazzy Beats as Hornet. Does, yeah, does, that's, does, that's Domino from Deadpool. Yep. Does Bad yeah. Bunny have an actual line in this movie? Because I don't think he mm. speaks. I don't. I think he might have said one thing. Okay. But I mean, has anyone seen Narcos here? No. No. Okay. Everybody goes nuts over. I've never seen it. Everyone's probably listening to this, yelling at me to watch it. I know, I know all the best, uh, his Latino actors are in it, but apparently there is a bus of Jesus Malverde Campos and it's shown on screen and it's the Mexican bandit born in Sinaloa and it's a revered patron saint of the drug dealers from Narcos. <laughs> so so wait so this is also so narcos and john wicker in the same universe yes <laughs> uh, also apparently it wasn't supposed to be sandra bullock oh no as oh. the voice over the phone no it was supposed to be lady gaga but there was a scheduling conflict with house of gucci i, 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 I wouldn't be mad was... go ahead i wouldn't be mad at that no no i i, I watched her in machete i thought it was sandra bullock because of the whole the net thing like i thought that was the reference mm. her being on the phone that's a good pull, and I th- I feel like if you couldn't get Lady Gaga, because wait for Lady, I think Lady Gaga would have done fine in that type of role. Yeah. Um, but Sandra Bullock's was that was excellent. I thought that I, was on purpose. I yeah. Kept, I kept waiting for her to tell Brad Pitt that he had to make sure the train didn't go under sixty miles an hour. You know. <laughs> if if she had made some sort of reference, like how like he's on the train complaining, and she's like, "Well, how fast is it going?" Yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything, yeah. I mean, it yeah. was it was jam-packed full of Easter eggs and little quirks. What I really liked is the constant presence of luck, you know, mm-hmm. where Ladybug says, first off, why, we never get anybody's name, but Ladybug keeps talking about how he has nothing but bad luck, and Sandra Bullock, his handler, is like, it's all about the way you, you look at it. You know, it's, it's not bad luck. Um, meanwhile, the prince, she says she has nothing but good luck. And even though she's really lucky, it's not, it's still not working out for her, mm-hmm. but it works out yeah. for him with the bad luck. Yeah. And you, you mentioned the prince. Let's talk about the villains in this movie. When you actually have like get down to nobody is good in this you movie. Mean everybody. Well, no, that nobody is good in this movie, but you're two central antagonists, right? You've got, you've got, um, sorry, you got the white death, Michael Shannon yes. inspired casting for any bad guy. Mm-hmm. That that is a man that just he could smile at you and say hello. How, is your day going well? And there's something a little bit ominous about it. And when he plays it up and he's being polite but threatening, oh, so good, so good. 
and then oh no, I wasn't thinking of the sorry, I wasn't thinking of the prince. I was thinking of um oh no, yeah, it is the prince I was thinking of. Yeah. Sorry. Uh yeah, Joey King playing the prince. Yeah. Um, her, her very polite the entire time, but at the same time, you know, she's in charge attitude. Hey, do you remember that time Ramona Quimby ran through a train killing people? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> wow. Oof. Yeah, a- jo- Joey King was, um. The voice of Ramona? No, she was Ramona in a 2010 movie. Oh, mm. I didn't know that they made a movie. It just goes to show me, you yeah. know? Yeah, um, it's, it's just. It, but yeah. she was 11. The the last time I saw Michael Shannon in a movie, it was Knives Out. And I was super happy with him there, too. Yeah. Uh, so Brad Pitt at one point says that he's a thief, which he is in the mm-hmm. Oceans trilogy. Sandra Bullock is in Oceans, uh, d- plays Danny Ocean's sister in, in Oceans, Oceans 8. 8. Yep. Yeah. And then at one point, when he's looking at uh, the wolf, Bad Bunny's character, he says, I never forget a face. I just have to remember the context. Brad Pitt has face blindness. Mm. He, he remembers people by their context, not by their faces. And that was like a direct thing. Like, oh, I, yeah, I like way. that. That acknowledgement of, of uh, an element of the actor's life in a movie is always wonderful. And it's, it, it's so many good characters. So many good things. When, when, Prosopagnosia. Yep. Mm. Who's this? Yep. That's the prosopagnosia, that's the... face blindness. Yep. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. That sounds so much nicer than the way it looks on my screen. Yeah. I have it in front of my face, and I'm like, that's not how it sounds. You have, you have word blindness? Yes. Yes, I do. But apparently there is no official medical diagnosis. Yeah. But no, man, like, this movie, like, you know that Joey King's character is involved in this, if not running the show, like, near the beginning of the movie but somehow they still build tension mm. for in those scenes where you're like oh are they going to catch her they're going to catch her like with tangerine and lemon like mm-hmm. their interactions with her are some of the best tension in the movie mm-hmm. okay so if you t- when i told tech who was playing tangerine i think it blew both our minds so the actor playing tangerine do you, do you- oh, let's kick it uh yeah, it's um uh what's his name? Uh bah, 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 Aaron bah, bah. Taylor Johnson. Yep. Yeah. I just know him as kick ass. He's so he's quietly been in movies that we don't recognize him in. He was in that first American Godzilla movie with Brian Cranston. He was the main character. Right. And like and like people and like people He was in the Kingsman. I didn't notice. He was in yeah. Tenet. Did you notice him in that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah, I Tenet. didn't notice him as Pietro in Age of Ultron. Yeah, again, kick, like he's the again, lesser Quicksilver. Again, Aaron Taylor Johnson has been quietly making big movies. So, like, and we're just like, what? Because, yeah. like, cause Godzilla, Marvel, Bullet okay. Train. Like, so, so this one I didn't catch. Brian Tyree Henry, that plays yeah. Lemon, was the voice of Miles's father in Into the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. And uh, wait, am I wrong about that? No, not Miles's father. He's uh, yeah, Jefferson yeah. Davies Davis. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, Miles's yeah. father. I thought you were right. Um, yep. And uh, I haven't seen this, but my brother was telling me that he, he's one of his favorite characters from Atlanta. The okay. show, not so, the city. And apparently Aaron Taylor Johnson is also going to be in the MCU. Oh, yeah? Yep. He's playing yeah, he's, Craven the Hunter. And remember, uh, oh boy, uh, Lemon was in the Eternals movie that no one watched. I've never <laughs> seen it. I saw it. It's the you only MCU it. movie I have never seen. It is long, man. Oof. Nah, there's a bunch I haven't seen, and that's one of them. Yeah, you know, it's it is long, and it's there's a lot of characters. So yeah, 
Long movie, long movies, John Wick, uh, John Wick 4. I'm not saying anything other than it is long mm-hmm. and it was worth the $10 upgrade to VIP couch sitting. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the, I, I saw the headline come across the screen that John Wick 4, the original, the original cut was four hours long. Oh, geez. and they're like, yo, we got to trim this. I would have like, watched it. Yeah. It's, mm. Like, why doesn't that get like, uh, like an apocalypse now redux or yeah. a, a, or Snyder, a Snyder cut? cut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, we I'll gotta, watch that on HBO. We got to trim it so they cut 15 minutes. Because it's still is, is that all they cut? I don't. I, no, no, I think no. it's almost three hours. Instead. Yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a it's a long movie. But you know what? Worth it. And that's all I'm saying. More franchises should do what John Wick did in this fourth movie. Yeah. That just if you're yeah. listening out there, Hollywood creators, please stop dragging franchises on. Unless it's something that should go on into perpetuity, like Freddy or Jason or you know silly things like that. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. I'm looking at you. I'm sorry, but Keanu Reeves, there was a little comic I saw about this today. Keanu Reeves at one point said he's happy to play John Wick as long as people are happy to watch it. And then it cuts to a panel of me watching John Wick 37. <laughs> you know, like, I'd be okay with this. When I, when I heard that this Fast and the Furious was going to be the last one, I was like, thank God. Like, I I can't listen to Vin Diesel gruffly talk about family and drink a Corona family. I'm just I'm just confused as to how they're actually going to pull off bringing Paul Walker's character into it. <laughs> Whether his brother's his twin or not, it does not work. Like, are they gonna are they gonna deep fake his his face over his brother's face? I don't know what's going on. Listen, I and and Cal Drogo's in it. He got the face off operation. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, face off. Oh. Paul Walker could eat a peach for hours. Please tell me, please tell me that face off somehow exists in the, in the Wickverse. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine if they were going through a train and, and he doesn't say anything? He doesn't do anything to bring attention to himself and it's just John Woo sitting on a train. That would be great. Uh, the director was one of the, uh, blown up passengers, by the way. Oh, yeah. Now, this, I think. He was will... the 17th person killed in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think will be a shock to anyone, but many of the fight scenes were in- influenced by Jackie Chan and the way they blend combat and comedy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of moves where, like, at one point, doesn't Brad Pitt do the jacket thing? Just not as well as Jackie does? Yes. Uh, he does. Yeah. The, they do the jacket thing. They do a lot of, um, the over and under a barricade. Yeah, yeah. Fighting around handrails, over and around a bar a here couple Yuki, of times. Here Yuki Sonata's using a sword cane on a bunch of random uh, Yakuza on this train. Mm. Um, but just one thing that I like is that it wasn't all gunplay. It yep. wasn't all, you know, high-ya martial arts. It was every assassin had a very particular, unique method and you got to see all the methods. Like there was a, a like example, you know, Bad Bunny and the wedding and the poisoning. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, you know, the snake, the, the poisoner then makes it onto the train with a poisonous boom slang who is now loose. So, and, yeah. Or, uh, the, Sorry. or the. I will say probably my favorite action scene in this whole movie is with Tangerine and Lemon when they're counting the kills. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so then they're like I, talking to like the guy. Fifteen like, or sixteen. They yeah. go back and do, I love it when they break the reality because again, it's a memory, so they can look at the camera and be like, "This is number 16. Like, it's just a really well done scene. Mm. Uh, I was going to say, Bad Bunny, the wolf, his two, his his style of fighting. He wasn't the poisoner in that scene. No, no, no. His style. He was just there. His style was getting killed. 
Because <laughs> yeah. I think he pulled a big knife and he got killed and that was it. It was Yeah, gone. because he threw the <laughs> knife at Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt ricochets it off the briefcase. Yeah, it didn't it even just, mean to kill him. Brad. And it just kills him. It's, Lady, Ladybug's <laughs> technique was accidental kills. Well, as he said, he's bad luck because I'm not even trying to kill somebody and then they die. And then he spends the rest of the movie weekend at Bernie's style propped up against the window of the train, right? And a, with a bottle of liquor and sunglasses. It's like, and then it's like, he has to, we have to, we have to show him in the, in the window of the train. We have to see that he's alive. And there they are like marionetting the dead guy. Yeah. By yeah. the way, the, if I'm not mistaken, the guy who plays the son of the white death is someone important someone is actually another good cameo logan lerman yeah um the, oh it's percy jackson yeah yeah oh, percy jackson really yeah. yeah wow okay and with all the them ta- facial tattoos love it i was gonna and say he was uh, he was d'artagnan in the three musketeers movie i thought it was boz lerman's son but no different spelling so yeah so um vox mm. When we have the whole tally of the bodies for the Bolivia job and it's forever blowing bubbles, <laughs> yes. I couldn't help but think of you and your oh, but, affinity for this song. Well, I mean, it goes back to the mole and the most evil use of that song ever. But um, uh, apparently uh, Lemon has a, a sticker for the West Ham uh, football club mm-hmm. on his mm-hmm. phone and that's their anthem. Like, damn. All right. So, um, I got, I got to talk about one thing here and that is the critical response that this movie got. Okay. I want everybody to put their grumpy pants on and prepare to get angry. Hang on. I have to borrow your pants. Yes. Oh no. My grumpy pants are all the way up. All the way up to Professor Farnsworth. All the way up to Professor Farnsworth level. Like I'm, I'm in my angry dome. Okay. 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 Bullet Train received a 54% on Rotten Tomatoes with an average rating of 5.6. The website's critic consensus reads, Bullet Train's colorful cast and high-speed action are almost enough to keep things going after the story runs out of track. Oh, crock and boosh. <laughs> no, no. Oh, dolphin noises. <laughs> Taco. Burrito. And That's then, my response to that. Everybody's, everybody's <laughs> mad. There's a whole bunch of people. The Japanese American Citizens League... Uh, was very, very angry at the whitewashing of the casting. Uh, I'm curious what the author thought. I don't know. It doesn't say. Um, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't care to ask over their anger. Oh, no, it's right here. Uh, when asked about the casting, the author defended the film and described his characters as ethnically malleable, maintaining that his original Japanese setting and context were irrelevant as they were not real people. Maybe they're not even Japanese. There you go. Sony Pictures uh, president Sanford Panich highlighted Isaka's views to defend the casting, reassuring that the film would honor the novel's Japanese soul while giving the opportunity to cast big-name stars and adapt it on a global scale. I think they succeeded in that. Indeed uh, they did. That Bull- tells me that people were upset before the movie was even made. Yep. Bullet Train screenwriter Zach Olkovich argued that the decision to cast beyond Japanese or Asian actors proves the strength of Isaka's work and that it was a story that could transcend race. Well, okay, let's not. Yeah. Let, no. Let's, let's mm. not, let's not overblow it. It's still just an action movie. <laughs> but, but I mean, I mean, it, it, look, at no point in time did this movie have Emma Stone walk out and claim to be half Japanese. This is true. Or Scarjo. Or Scarjo. <laughs> and the elements that remained Japanese, like the Japanese characters in the end of the movie were 
the heroes. You know, and they were the ones that you cared about. You did not want that little boy to die. Wait for it. Wait for it. The overarching villain of this movie is a white man interjecting himself into people of color's business. Exactly. The, the one thing I will say is that all of the Japanese characters in this were played by Japanese people. Yeah. Not not what normally happens in movies where the Japanese people are played by three Chinese, a Filipino, a Singaporean, and one lost Australian. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, make, I'm making that up as I go. But the thing is... is <laughs> For some reason, the last 60 years in Hollywood, when you say Asia, they think it's one country and it's all the same, look, right? Look, Hollywood's bad enough sometimes. I'm, you know, I'm genuinely surprised Bad Bunny's character wasn't represented as Japanese. Oh, yeah. God. It was, the, it was the one lost Australian. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> but no, you're right. Like, cause, cause, like, let's be real. Like, a lot of these type of movies, like the, the type of movies they're talking about that get whitewashed are like, if they were like, we're going to remake the color purple starring every palm colored person in Hollywood. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's, like that's roots what they're talking about. Starring, yeah! starring, roots starring Scarlett Johansson and Brad Pitt. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, Tom, Tom Hanks as the plantation owner. Like, come on, guys. Like, Tom Cruise as Kunta Kinte. I mean, <laughs> Scientology believes it, but no, like, <laughs> like that's the type of stuff I feel like they should be focusing on. Not this. Like, it's a movie about assassins who somehow can ricochet knives off briefcases to kill people. Also, they can, well, like you said, it's like weekended Bernie's somebody's son in a window with big sparkly kids' glasses on. <laughs> Now, also, and this is this is coming from the podcast that absolutely railed against and continues to rail against the ScarJo version of Ghost in the Shell. Absolutely, because Motoko Kusanaki is not ScarJo. Okay, I've, it's just I've not. never I've never heard a white person named Makoto Kusanagi. I, I don't I, I don't I don't think that's ever existed in this in this. Movie. I mean, one could argue the whole like. Uh, well, the major is constantly changing bodies. She could be in anybody. Sure. I guarantee you they didn't put that into the but movie they, they made. Yeah. Because yeah, if they had said it, if they'd showed it, then it becomes a completely different beast. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But the fact that that was not the only casting change and, and everything else, but the whole like, the fact that Ghost in the Shell is, is set in Japan, Japan is part of the character. Um, this is, it's the bullet train is the character, you know, yeah. it, it, I kind of dig the whole, yeah, this is just a bunch of foreigners getting up to foreigner hijinks on this train until a Japanese guy comes on and goes, all right, look, this is what's going on. And you're going to help me with this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do this. But the, the thing that blew me away along with the fight choreography was the, was the gunplay, mm. how guns are used in a realistic and believable fashion uh and it's not you know the how the guns come apart how the guns are put back together how they're reloaded how they're used how they draw them how they point them how they you know they interact with them in a martial sense i thought it's probably some of the best gunplay i've seen in a movie outside the john wick franchise um cuz that's now the gold standard um the 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 tr the the tricked or the fixed gun what did you call it oh the judas gun the judas gun that was it yes absolutely mhm mm chekhov's judas gun chekhov's snake chekhov's snake i mean uh and yeah, you know, the, the, the movie did a real good, did a real good job of leading you on just a bit. It's like, oh, there's a poisonous boom slang going. I wonder what could it? 
<laughs> you know, it's like, oh no, here's the snake. It's like, yay, the snake finally did something. Hooray. You know, the payoff was so good. It was, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Forget, forget Lemon and Tangerine. They weren't the true heroes of the movie. The snake it was, was the snake. I, I genuinely, know. genuinely still say Lemon and Tangerine were the, were the only like kind of heroic people in there. And that's a, that's a, they, it's a stretch. I'm thinking, but... uh, uh, Ladybug shrink. Um, he must be a terrible shrink because all he does is give lines from like lyrics from Rush and fortune cookie <laughs> platitudes. Um, but this whole like, no, no, I'm not going to kill. I need to like let go of my anger. Like, man, how's the inner you doing? <laughs> like, Oh I man, you're bringing that. up old Henry Rollins skits? Always, always. <laughs> but, but like, I just love that whole, um, that whole vibe of, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I, I don't want to be an assassin, but I'll, I'll steal stuff. Yeah, sure. I'll beat people up, but, uh, I'm done with the whole assassin thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I this, found a therapist. <laughs> it's, it is, there's so much, there's so much to love about this movie. And I think, the reviews are emblematic of a society that is way too cynical about their movies these days. It's, um, it's, it has to be one way or it's not good in all these reviews. There's this tone deafness that just says, if it's not exactly what I like, nobody should like this. I also think, and, and I've said this for years, people decide whether they're going to like them, like critics decide whether or not they're going to like a movie before they even see it. Well, like, that's because they get paid Ebert, to. Ebert. Yeah, exactly. Hogwash. There is no authenticity or credibility from when, like, if you go through some of their old, old uh, reviews, they mm. have praised absolute stinkers. Why? Because they were being advertised on their networks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely that. You have to take everything with a grain of salt. Which when, is why I like talking about these things, because I would rather hear from people like us. It, just either yeah. rant or rave about something. When when the when it's pre-opening weekend movie trailers coming out on TV and on YouTube, and the movie's not even out yet, but for some reason the movie is already certified fresh, hundred yeah. percent on Rotten Tomatoes, then something's not right here. Yeah. yeah, but it's not. It's not just the critics. Audiences are in yeah. a very cynical place right now too. Oh yeah. It's uh. It's yeah. People yeah. love to get their hate on. Mm-hmm. It, there is something, um, it's, 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 uh, it's something intoxicating about getting your hate on and being the joiner of the anti join, you know, the person who says, Oh, I've never read those books and I'm not interested in them. You know, like there is something about yeah. that. And there's definitely that person that is going to jump on the, well, this thing is garbage because it's not exactly what I was looking for. I, I, I gotta say real quick, I, I'm sick to death of Oscar bait movies and this, why does every single movie that wins an award, why does it have to be the most important thing in cinema? Can't I just go to the theater and have fun? Why do I have to cry for three hours to watch a good movie? Why do the critics seem to think that you have to want to cry for three hours to see a good movie when you could go watch this? Like yeah. bullet train gets a 54% heck. No, it deserves a much better score than that because this is a lot more fun. This is two hours of crunching popcorn, watching people kick each other and throw snakes at each other on a train in Japan. And yeah, guess what? It's not, it's not going to change the world. There's no giant sociopolitical message in this. This isn't an important movie, 
but that doesn't make it any less good. Yeah. And, and yeah. I will say, and I don't know that this is a big change in how things are, but the fact that everything everywhere all at once did win all the awards is kind of a big deal. And that all the other awards were won by Top Gun. I think you're right. I think that's, <laughs> um, I think that's making some change. I hope so. You know, yeah. and one, one trash fire of a movie that we won't talk about. And, and for people, and for people out there listening to this, you've heard us talk about this before. We enjoy a movie where a pinata comes to life to get revenge for the pinatas beaten to death at many quinceañeras and it poisons people with candy out of its pinata butt. <laughs> Guys, sometimes a movie doesn't have to be anything but just a movie. Sometimes I need to see a movie where a Catholic priest turns into an inflatable, an, an inflatable <laughs> dinosaur costume. Dinosaur. Sometimes that I gotta, has the heart of gold. Sometimes I want to watch a movie where a telekinetic, self-aware, intelligent rubber tire bounces around and murders people. Uh, oh my yeah. god! It's, uh, rubber. Okay, it's been so long. At the same time, this is not on that level. This is on the level of a good action flick. I really enjoyed myself. Uh, we own multiple copies of Snatch, so the fact that this is is right up there with that, um, right up there with. The, Tech's favorite movies, the Ocean's Trilogy. It's mm-hmm. up there with them. Yeah. Um, or I, I, I would say the Ocean's Trans franchise because it's, it's really four, no, five movies. If you count the original. Yeah. There's, there's, there's the four, mm-hmm. there's Ocean's Eight. Sorry, yeah. there's three. There's 11, 12, 13, eight, eight and then the original with the Rat Pack. 11. And they're all yeah. good. They're all good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this, this, this is right up there. There is something that I really like about having an action movie that I can enjoy and it's smart, funny. It's not stupid. Like, what, what, you, you said you, you, uh, you wouldn't drop him if he told you the truth. I lied. Like, like hey, I don't no. need that. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. don't you, awesome. don't you blaspheme command. <laughs> I will blaspheme <laughs> command that, all I look, want. That movie is amazing on so many levels. One, the most, the, the single most number of bullets fired in an action sequence ever. And two, and the least reloads in an action sequence ever. Yeah, and Arnold three, actually flips a real car. Yeah, and three, you needed he needed to blow off steam. <laughs> yeah, but with the humor. Hey, where's Mendoza? I let him go. I let him go. Yeah, that humor is just very like. Uh, whereas this humor was fun. It was smart. Nobody's ever seen him, right? Oh, okay, his hands are up, and he's like, "What? No, it's all fun. It's all in here. I'm not going to show you this stuff and drop somebody else's laundry." Yeah, great. Oh, so I say, uh, bullet train. And I am going to pair Bullet Train with the very best snacks that you can get out of a vending machine. And I'm going to pair it with uh, some of those snacks that I had this week, which is popping candy. Okay, so po- Japanese Pop Rocks, yes, please, love them. Will admit I did it with the, the soda and nothing happened. It just made it less and I felt kind of ripped off. Uh, but... I love popping candy. So bullet train and popping candy. That's my pair. Anybody else? Uh, a, an overpriced bottle of mineral water that I will get, of sparkling water that I will get you to pay for instead of me. <laughs> and then hit me in the head with it? Yes, then I will hit you in the head with the bottle. Transit, Astor- Transit Authority sushi that is still better than anything you're going to get in North America. Ooh. I would want to pair this with a well done children's cartoon show where we get to drop kick the um 
Are you eating the children's cartoon show? It's supposed to well, be with a obvi- meal. They are. I mean, because obviously they're made of chocolate and candy and cotton candy. Because you did you not see that stuffed animal walking through the middle of that train? That was a mascot. I'm that scarring. Man. I'm scarring children. I'm zombieing that thing like it was The Last of Us. See, see, this is this is what happens when you invite a diesel onto your podcast. Yeah, this is what happens when you get a diesel. Toxic. I really, really wish I had a sticker. Diesel. I would. I would put it in the middle of my forehead next to my googly eye. That that actually needs to be like a con thing. You know the con non costumes. You know, people walk around with mm. uh, a bathrobe and a towel. Yo, that's a the diesel. Yes, and a googly eye. The cheapest cosplay. Yeah, absolutely. I, I somehow want to go through one of these big cons, just leaving rocks with googly eyes on them, like in the lobby of a hotel, and in honestly, li- in line, putting or- little little. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to haggle it in the, in the merch area and somebody won't give you a good thing and you just leave a Percy sticker on their table. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But no, seriously, I would, I would pair this with, uh, I would honestly, guys, little inside pool, I would pair this with a sushi boat that people did not know could be ordered. So they look <laughs> at us weird as we a then drink. A very special sushi boat. <laughs> yes. Yes. A very special sushi boat as we drink monk, uh, plum wine and enjoy ourselves. Uh, now I'm, now I'm hungry for sushi. <laughs> If if you saw Bullet Train, let us know what you thought. And um what is another movie in this oeuvre, in this is action comedy fun? I absolutely love this style of movie that you think we need to watch next. All right. Bye. Bye everybody. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. And I want to take a moment just to thank the patrons without whom this may not still be going on because I wouldn't know that anyone is still listening. Um, but it seems that you all care and you are happy to pay for our serve and you are happy to keep us going. So thank you so much. And as of now, uh, Patreon money is going towards more access for recording. Um, the software that I use, I had lost the access that I had. So now I am paying for it myself out of pocket, which means the patrons are paying for it. So thank you so much for that. I do appreciate that. Uh, so thank you to Jax, Jason, and Rich the TT as our top tier patrons that, you know, we've called them the big daddies before, but we really need some big mommies in there as well. Uh, just just to even out the playing field, right? Uh, but also to our patrons of the arts, thank you to Kaylin, Mark Cabot, The Encaffeinated One, The Bathtub Mermaid, Susanna, and thank you to all of our other patrons. You are the lifeblood of this campaign. You are what keeps it all going. So thank you to Shane, brand new patron, and I'm going to make try to pronounce this correctly if you can send me in a uh, pronunciation key that would be awesome Selengor thank you to Andy Cliff, Grig Harold, Hugh, Ian Justine Ken, Kinsey Crazy Joe Adventures Mike, Pcat Radical Geek, Stephen Will and Zachman thank you so much everyone
Nutty Bites is produced by Mimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-Nutty42.